You are listening to the FCF Leadership Podcast. This podcast has been created to help you connect and achieve your destiny as a leader. For more information, visit our website at fcf.org. Let's talk about some of the things that you feel are relevant for um, ministry leaders and understanding managing yeah. soul health, managing emotions, and what that really looks like. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That is, there's so much there. Um, you know, I think, uh, I think the biggest thing is to understand a model of why we do what we do. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think if we start there. Okay, great. We can, can move. So it's in, in so many Christian pulpits, there is this uh, right and wrong preaching. Yeah. And right and wrong teaching. Right. And technically, we have presented it as though if we teach it clear enough, that people will understand it clear enough and they will make better choices. Mm. But human behavior fundamentally is not about the choice point. Really? That's something to have to, to think through. It yeah. is. It's I mean, something that I mean, runs we're much taught, deeper. We're even taught that in how we parent. Uh-huh. Yes. Is the choice point. Right, right. And so what me saying that to your audience very well could have caused somebody to just <laughs> lose their balance yeah, or, that's or pull really off the side of the road. road. That's a really good thing. <laughs> that's right. That's a really good thing. Um, and so I'm going to let that breathe for a minute. Okay. It's not just the choice point. Choice points are indicators. Mm-hmm. Choice points are gauges. We'll get into how emotions play into that. But choice points are telling us something about somebody. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, Brene Brown, if you've ever read after her, uh, she likes to say things like this, that uh, everybody makes sense in context. Right. When you understand the context of who they are and where they come from, you begin to make sense of that. Right. So let's, for instance, take our parenting uh, roles. How many kids, Whitney, do you have? Two, two and one in the yeah one in the oven one in the oven and the two to make the two appearance. how old are they uh, almost nine and two and a half nine and two and a half so you're two and a half year old yeah if uh, he or she he all he, boys all boys I love it <laughs> um, so your two and a half year old boy is trying to do some feat that your nine year old already can do right and happens all the time so let's uh, say that it's uh, you know shooting baskets on a little you know, toddler rim. Uh-huh. And so something as simple as that. And uh, your two and a half year old is not as successful at it. When they can't seem to get accomplished what they want, they're making choices, but they're not succeeding at it. Do you look at, the, at your two and a half year old and be like, loser? <laughs> you loser. Why can't you be more like your brother? You don't do that no. because you understand something that's in context right. of your two and a half year old that your two and a half year old does not yet have the ability to understand. Right. Well, if you're an omniscient God and you know everything about why a person does what they do, you understand all of the inner workings, everything that leads them to their choice point. You understand why they're doing what they're doing, but they don't. They live in shame about not being enough, but yeah. God sees them as if you just would lean into me with intimacy mm, together. I we'll walk out that. of that. That's beautiful. And we'll walk into the growth and the freedom that I've designed you for. That's come beautiful. on, somebody. So come on, somebody. That is some good stuff right there. <laughs> come on, 
on somebody. So it all begins if you think of four concentric circles. Mm -hmm. And the choice point is the behavior. Okay. So this is any behavior that you're having. And that behavior may be what you're desiring, or it may be maladaptive behavior, behavior you don't want to have happen. Well, let's go one layer below that. What is causing those choice points and those behaviors to move in the direction they are? One layer below that would be these consuming thoughts and the emotions that the thoughts are firing off. So what we call this is cognitive behavioral therapy or science. And it's the idea that whatever you're thinking about, your most dominant thought is going to produce emotions. Mm. Emotions are actually the feeling component internally or in your brain. It's the neurochemicals that are driving you to motion. Mm -hmm. So these emotions are all from how you're thinking. So like in your most depressed moment, if you either of you were depressed right now, and I were to say to you, hey, I just got a text on my phone, and believe it or not, they tracked you down through me, but the publisher's clearinghouse just wanted you to know that they are awarding you the $10 million award. Mm -hmm. Well, the question is, is do you feel any dopamine? Do you mm -hmm. feel any emotional adrenaline? Is there anything that's firing off in you? So what we just learned is that what you think that is at a level of belief or believable uh, thought, it will then create for you an emotion, and that emotion causes you to have momentum towards the behavior. Mm -hmm. So rather than look at the choice point, let's look at the thought and the emotions that that thought is producing for you. Okay. Now then we got to go one level below that. Yeah. The level below that is what we call emotional beliefs or core beliefs. Now, these are different than the thoughts and emotions we just talked about. Okay. These emotions are emotions that have been embedded into your neurochemistry, in your, in your brain. Mm -hmm. So within the brain, I'm going to go on the deep end of the pool here, and then we can, we can just spike down as long as you want to go. But okay. um, in the brain, you have what's called the limbic system of the brain. Uh -huh. The limbic system is the emotional part of the brain, it houses the amygdala, which is the fight, flight, freeze mm -hmm. part of the brain. So this is where you have impulsive or compulsive behaviors. Mm -hmm. And this is where inside of the limbic brain, you have the hippocampus, which is a filing cabinet of the brain of emotional memories. So anytime you've been wounded, Anytime you've experienced big T traumas like abuses, uh, it could be verbal abuses, physical abuses, sexual abuses, you could have witnessed some kind of tragedy, uh, the death of someone, or little T traumas that repeat on uh, hundreds of times over. It's like a paper cut that never heals and it keeps getting cut. Mm -hmm. uh, those are little T traumas. Anytime you have that, your brain begins to absorb that. So think about this. If your brain has never had trauma and the hippocampus has never filed away one of those uh, memories, your brain does not deal with a fear-based approach to what could happen next, not, at least not in that area. Right. If you've had the trauma, then you're going to have a fear-based approach because what your brain's doing is saying, that hurt, that was unpleasant, mm -hmm. that, that was such a, a dark 
time, let's, let's don't never do that again. Don't ever let that happen. Right. Ever. Right. So what your brain does is goes a hundred miles down the road and it's scanning over the horizon. Is there anything that looks like that thing that happened 10 years ago? Is there anything that looks like that's about to happen? Mm -hmm. And if the brain sees that it is about to happen, that energy pocket that has been developed from your wounds, your traumas, your rejections, your betrayals, uh, disappointments, disillusionments, all that, that energy pocket is going to now then fire up. And when your limbic brain fires up, your cognitive brain, the prefrontal cortex, cannot stay at the same level of intensity as the emotional brain. So when it fires up, it shuts down and minimizes the cognitive brain. Uh -huh. So now what is rational? All the doctrine you've ever been taught, all the doctrine <laughs> you've ever been taught about living by faith and victory, mm -hmm. your limbic brain is online and dominating. And right. so you are viewing your future from the fear of that limbic brain. Right. Wow. When the Bible talks about renewing the mind, it's not talking about renewing the prefrontal cortex or what you memorize or rationally understand. It's talking about renewing the emotional good part of your brain. Night. That is so good. And that's where the behavior comes yes. from. Yes. So when you, when you look at this core uh, belief or this emotional belief, it's what you believe about yourself on an emotional level, mm -hmm. or you could say your identity. Because your identity is not what you rationally in your brain say that you are. So when Christians, we all do this, when we say my identity is in Christ, it's like, well, I know that's what you're aspiring to, but is your identity in Christ? Is it truly? Is it truly? Right. Because if it is truly, then your limbic brain has been reprocessed to where you are emotionally acting as though Christ and what he said mm. is emotionally true of you. That's right. And so, if it's not there, it's not renewed yet. I, I do have a question with that. Can people like revert back? Can they get to that point where they deal with it and and then revert back to allowing those things back in. It's, it's similar to what Blaine Bartell was talking about, how at first his addiction was like a foghorn in his face, and now it's like... A whisper on, a, on the other side of a closed door. Right. See, that's a, absolutely... Is that, is that, can that's, people do that? Absolutely. It has to do so much with, um, with uh, the ebb and flow of life. Mm. And once you are reprocessed, uh, how do you maintain that? How do you maintain it? And if you have a relapse, mm. so you, you know when you see folks who've struggled with alcoholism, right. mm -hmm. one drink 10 years later can put them on an immediate addictive. Right. And why is that? Because the old neuropathways never go away. Mm -hmm. Okay. What you do because of the plasticity of the brain, you build new neuropathways on top of the old ones. Right. So when you re-engage the old patterns... You okay. can go from zero. Yeah. So there is I've a self-management. I've heard about, you know, the brain, think of it like a highway. Yes. Like a, you know, like a dirt road. If mm -hmm. you start taking the dirt road more, it's going to become more paved. And, you know, like you can build it right. up it's, where, right. so it's more of a highway. It's so and good. then if you shut it off, you can go around it. You build new mm -hmm. roads around your, so it's like a I I a always road. thought of it like the, the lawnmower. Yeah. You know, you... You mow down a path, right? And if you want to rebuild a path, then you have to step off that old path and it's, use the lawnmower on that one. And so true. It's it's keeping the lawnmower consistent on the other one that allows that one to grow up. Yeah, is kind yeah. of how. But that was kind of more in a uh, thought process 
of, of rational thinking. Yeah. yeah. If you don't reprocess the emotions, mm-hmm. you're never going to change behavior. Well, exactly. Those paths won't ever grow up mm-hmm. that you won't ever, oh, wow, that's so good. Yeah. yeah. And memorizing scripture in itself on a cognitive level where you're trying to prepare for a test, memorizing scripture is not going to uh, right. renew the mind. Right. It is a part of it. Mm. And if while you're renewing your, or if while you're memorizing scripture, you're able to emotionally open your brain to an emotional connection to it. Right. All of a sudden there is that piece of renewing the emotional. So brain. that's where meditation of the word, because that takes on a whole new dimension because so now good. you're dreaming the word. Yes. Yes. You're, mm. you, you know what I'm saying? When you're dreaming the yeah. word, you're taking the word and applying it. And when you dream something, emotions connect yeah. to that. Yeah. And so then that's when that's, that's the so word good. becomes real. Because in meditation, uh, which the word meditation is often translated as, as imagination. Mm-hmm. So you're imagining mm-hmm. not this theoretic ticker tape of whatever the words are. You're imagining what would that concept of text, what would that concept look like embodied in me? Right. And so when I'm living as a tree planted by the rivers of water, what's that mean when I go to work? Mm-hmm. I'm bearing fruit in my seed. What does that look like? Right. Is, so so I imagine that, well, when I do that, the brain is already wired that when you imagine and forecast a thing, it begins to reach into the emotional part of your brain and you begin to at least adhere towards believing that. Mm-hmm. And the belief is an emotional thing, which incidentally, isn't it interesting when you think of the word believe? Believe is an emotion. Wow. Believe is not just a cognitive thing. It begins with a choice, but it is an emotion. When you believe, what you're saying is, I'm emotionally going to commit myself. I'm emotionally going to live my life before whatever it is I believe. Wow, I love that. It's, it's interesting, isn't it? I never, I never knew that. Yeah. yeah. Belief is actually an emotion. An emotion. Yeah. Did you know that? No. No. I, mean, I just keep thinking, I just really blown. need therapy. Seriously. Like, whole time, the whole like, time, I need therapy. I need therapy. Well, you can process yeah, right so now. I like, love it. Uh-huh. Words are coming out of your mouth, but I need therapy. <laughs> Wait. You guys are hilarious. Can we turn this into a session, please? <laughs> well, the truth is, is because we're all growing. We all need it. That's we all right. need it. So, well, yeah. Are, are, is every single person different, or does the brain operate the same within each person like how do they deal with those core emotions uh is it on a is it like different for every person like the way i deal with it would be different from the way she deals with it or on a like neuroscience level it's all the same well you know big picture google earth when you're looking at it from the google earth the big picture there is is a basic pattern there is similarities across the Mm -hmm. board but if you go to the street level, there's nuances. So right. if you go to a therapist and you just ask, hey, I know this person and they've got this issue, uh, what should they do? They're going to say, well, you know, there needs to be an assessment. There mm-hmm. needs to be some dig down and conversation to find out more of what's there. Mm-hmm. So there are, you know, what you could call nuances. But generally speaking, uh, like with, with sexual addiction, mm-hmm. which, again, is the most mm-hmm. ardent desire template in a human, mm-hmm. um, it and food. And so on the whole sexual addiction thing, you know, there are people that come into an addictive uh, pattern and they're now desiring recovery. 
and they have background that is filled with all kinds of things. You could have personality disorders. Wow. You've got people that struggle with, that have a, a biological condition of being bipolar. Wow. Or, you know, they have uh, things related to narcissism and they, there's a whole plethora, a whole span of things that could be in their personality disorders. But what I found fascinating is, you know, whether they are autistic, even somebody autistic, right. we're going to approach their recovery from the exact basic foundational model. Wow. We're going to look at it. Everybody fits in the same model. Are there some nuances you would deal with with somebody who's autistic or somebody who's bipolar? Yeah, you're going to need to right. deal with medical components to that and so on. But in our training, we didn't necessarily need to go into all of that mm -hmm. because there are specialists that deal with that part of it. Right. But if we're dealing with recovery from the most ardent desire, the most compulsive part of your human experience, then we're going to look at this model. Which, uh, again, if we frame it out, uh, it, it has those four steps. So let me, let me hit this next part. Yeah. Yes, please. So you've got the behavior or the choice point. Under it is the cognitive science of you have a thought and then it inflames emotions. Mm -hmm. And that's where that comes from. Your core beliefs, mm -hmm. your core beliefs that are one layer below that are actually what gives you this inner energy surge of the thoughts that you think. So you're not even thinking a train of thoughts because you're intentionally thinking it. You're having a train of thoughts inside of you that are connected to the fear or the intimacy base that is going on in your, your uh, limbic system of the brain. Absolutely. And what's interesting is we say that all uh, addictive behavior is rooted in fear. Mm -hmm. I believe that. And all recovery is rooted in intimacy. We actually oh. call addiction an intimacy disorder. Wow. And yeah, intimacy. I can see that for sure. Yeah, yeah. And intimacy yeah. is uh, Dallas Willard, the great uh, philosopher from the University of South, uh, Southern California. He said intimacy is defined as shared experience. Mm. So intimacy, when we have been wounded and traumatized or betrayed or rejected or disillusioned, all that goes into that. Mm -hmm. What our brains do then is make us begin to believe that we're isolated and that we're not safe right. with each other. Right. It's an intimacy disorder. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What addiction is, is I'm going to medicate my pain, my shame, my anger, my emotions. I'm going to escape because I'm afraid I can't be or do what my, 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 my sense of being wants. Mm -hmm. And so from that, you have people who, who flame out. So you've got those three stages. What is the fourth stage is the heart or the most core is the heart. So now then let's go biblical. So I just went psychological. Now I'm going to go biblical. The Bible teaches us that out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, mm -hmm. murders, adulteries, fornications. So isn't it interesting he starts with evil thoughts? Mm -hmm. So those thoughts don't come at the choice point. Mm -hmm. Those thoughts begin in the heart. Mm -hmm. So Jesus even talked about believing with the heart or the apostle Paul talked about believing with the heart. So there are heart level beliefs. So this is the deepest part of who you are. So I believe this is my own theological distinction. I believe that the heart is made up of the spirit of man and the soul of man working together. Mm -hmm. So out of the heart, the deepest part of who you are or the physical expression of the, the spirit and soul would be your brain. Mm -hmm. So now we're right back to the brain. Mm -hmm. 
And um, in that, the next stage, which is those core beliefs, there's a, a scripture. I, I pulled it out because so, I figured I'd want to read it to you guys. But listen to this. This is, uh, again, as you're thinking between the heart and the core beliefs, mm -hmm. this is what the Apostle Paul, if he wrote Hebrews, which I thought that he did, and Hebrews 12, pursue peace with all people, looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, listen to this, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many be defiled. Mm. So when we think of bitterness, when I thought of bitterness for years, I thought bitterness was just unforgiveness, kind of expressing uh -huh. in a cousin uh -huh. form. Uh -huh. But bitterness is any time you've had any experience that causes you to have this instinctive reaction. Uh -huh. Bitterness is simply uh, the characterization of trauma. That there is trauma that is rooted in us and it springs up when you least expect it. Mm, so yeah. in marriage, mm -hmm. your husbands come in and they say something to you about, um, hey, we've got some friends coming over and, you know, can, can we get the, uh, the house picked up? If you have trauma around not being good enough as a spouse, right. as a wife, mm -hmm. If you have, from your childhood, felt like you could never be enough and somehow you were told you're a slob, I mean, just go right down the line. Mm -hmm. At that moment, your husband says, can we clean the house? He means nothing, nothing but can we clean the house? Mm -hmm. And what you heard is you are a stinking loser. Right. You were a lazy, lazy wife all day long. You don't do anything. You are a failure. Mm -hmm. And you go into this emotional hyper reaction mm -hmm. where you've looked 100 miles down the road over the horizon. You saw something your brain did and said, Threat, 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 threat. Mm -hmm. And where a normal healthy person would look at it at maybe a two out of 10 energy scale and be mm -hmm. like, you want to be aware of that. What you, because of your trauma, your hippocampus starts pulling out files and you have this immediate emotional reaction as though there is a predator right in front of you about to kill you. Right. And so you bark off at your husband and you're like, what, you don't think I do anything around here? You don't think I get this? You know how much I do with these kids? And he's like just staring at you like, what the heck? It just happened. Well, husbands do that. Wives do that. We get triggered by moments at work. We get triggered by uh, emails we get. And as a pastor, you don't just deal with a spouse. And as a pastor's spouse, you don't just deal. You're dealing with a whole congregation who are constantly saying things to you. And when you feel the trigger, what you have to know is that you have a root of unprocessed fear-based memories called the root of bitterness. And it springs up. Mm -hmm. It's a great analogy. It, it springs awesome. up. And it troubles. And the word trouble means harasses you. Mm -hmm. So when we have the inner dialogues that are tormenting, mm -hmm. that you're not enough, you're not worthy, you mm -hmm. can't do it, you're, you're always a loser, you're always failing, mm -hmm. you say the wrong thing at the wrong time, you're always too critical, you're just too everything, right? Mm -hmm. All of those inner dialogues that you're happening, are happening, they're emotionally based and they're inside the limbic brain. And they're the ones that are giving the momentum to your private thought life that then is re-inflaming with emotion that is causing the behavior at the fourth level. So this, it's an interesting last phrase. He says, by this root of bitterness, that there are many that are defiled. The word defiled is a Greek word that means to ink. It's like a tattoo. Mm. And you have oh been inked gosh. in your deepest identity. You've been tattooed because of the traumas that you believed and you haven't processed them. Mm. 
Oh my gosh, Patrick. Are you guys okay? So good. Oh, um, are you okay for real? Yeah, yeah right. she is. But we really are processing this. Yeah. I mean, this is really deep stuff. This is real. And you know what I kept thinking when you were saying that, and I really am going to try not to cry. You know, I, I've been talking about uh, the thought life and, and emotional health this year as well. And, and my understanding is excessively shallow compared to the depth of understanding that you're carrying. And so that's why this is speaking so deeply to us, because we've been in conversation about this. We've been looking at it and we've been saying we want to be healthier. Yes. And so when I hear you saying that one of the things that I talked about from the thought life perspective, and I think it coincides with that scripture is the, the root of bitterness, the root of trauma, as you put it. I love that process. I, I talk about that as the filter. Yeah. It's the filter. Everything you see and do, that is your filter. Yes, so true. And you, you process emotionally, you process mentally, you process uh, your decisions through that filter. And, so good. And learning how to adjust that filter. My understanding of that is shallow. Yeah, yeah. And not healthy enough. Yeah. And I want to see that change. I want to see that grow. So I love this conversation because it's making me dig deeper. It's mm-hmm. making me push further into the fullness of what God's provided for yes, us yes, in yes. whole health. Yes. And um, one of the things that I processed when you were talking there was um, how many times in my shallowness, and I know this is going to offend people. Yeah. And I apologize for any offense I may cause in saying this, but it's just where we've been. Yeah. My shallowness comes from this box understanding, as you put it, of the word of God. Yeah. And with that process, then all I knew to do with that filter was to try to address that filter, not from uh, dealing with the emotional yes, health, yes. but just through the thought life. Yeah. And not necessarily from, like we talked about before, just trying to replace with the word, but also to dream the word, to envision the word, yes. to imagine the word in my life. But that's just a starting place. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There's so much more there to it. There's so much. Yeah. You have been listening to the FCF Leadership Podcast, where our focus is to help you achieve your destiny as a leader. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, visit our website at fcf.org.